You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Which coast? Traveling east to west... Aaron Ladd. Oh, he What's did it! No. <laughs> Mark Gunnels. At the house on it. Chiefs coast to coast. Are you still there? Hey, man, what's up, man? It's Jody Fortune of the Chiefs. We're locked in with Coast to Coast Podcast. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that was my laugh in the background. You can hear me kind of chuck. You can, you can hear me kind of chuckle. Like, what is all this? <laughs> Well, he thinks he's you. He thinks that he can. He thinks that he could brush the waves like that. Hey, shout out to Jody Fortson, man. Good luck. Look out for that interview. Is it? When's it going to be published? When we're going to see it on TV? Um. So I'm as soon as I get off this podcast, I'm gonna hop down. I'm actually at 41 right now. If you're watching on video, rocking with us on Chiefs Coast to Coast, I'm at KSHB right now. But I'm gonna hop down after the pod, splice it up. Um, he was good, man. He's promoting a football camp, so that's why he, he he was around. Football camp in Buffalo is already sold out, but we talked a lot about the White House visit. We talked uh, talked about Super Bowl, kind of learning from Travis Kelsey and that kind of thing. So really good stuff from Jody Forson. Appreciate him coming in on 41 uh, and, and kicking it with us, man. It was it, it was good to see the Chiefs out of the – anytime we talk to them, it's in the locker room or, like, we at the facility. Like, it's, it's different to see them outside of work, finally. It's a different vibe, huh? <laughs> but no, that's good though, man. I, I can't wait to see it. Make sure you guys check it out on 41. And I'm sure Aaron Ladd's gonna be promoting it on his social media. So make sure you follow Aaron Ladd on every platform. Can't wait to see it. I'm tweeting out the live thing right now. What, what you been oh, up yeah, to, Mark? Yeah. Mark Gunnell's on the on the West Coast, Aaron Ladd here in Kansas City. Steven Serta's back behind the boards. He's back from Colorado on vacation. Episode 47 of the Chiefs Coast to Coast. Podcast on Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. Mark, what you been up to, man? Your Lakers are out, so you don't really – you don't watch the finals now? I mean, I'm a basketball fan first, so I'm definitely going to watch the finals. Uh, I think it's going to be a good series, man. I said before the series started, I said Nuggets in five. That looks very bleak right now. <laughs> uh, you just had no they, faith? You had no faith in Miami? Well, here's the thing. I thought it was going to be a tough five, though. Like, I didn't think it was going to be one of those fives where, like, there's three blowouts. Like, I thought every game would be pretty close. The Nuggets just, their talent would outweigh them in the fourth quarter. But, I mean, it still could happen, but I don't see them winning three games in a row. I was I was under assumption they would be up 2-0 at this point when I said Nuggets were five. This is why I don't listen to you for any sports advice. Point blank, period. Oh, wow. <laughs> you got you got the Heat winning the series? No, I got Nuggets in six. But I was being respectful when I said that. You know I mean? Miami – even though my Hawks took care of them in the play in uh, Miami's a little frisky. <laughs> Let's talk yeah. Chiefs, man. We got some. We got some Chiefs people already chiming in. Personal update, real quick. Whoa, whoa, whoa! You got some news? Yeah, I got a little news. Go so, ahead. Um, the floor is yours. So this Saturday, I'm going to be in St. Louis because Lincoln University is having a young alumni ceremony where they're acknowledging young alumni that are doing well in their careers. And I was one of the ones chosen. So I'll be up there giving a little speech and accepting my award this Saturday in St. Louis. Hey, I'm giving it up. I'm giving it up for my pod partner, Mark A. Gunnels, just a kid from Kansas City. Man, you put Lincoln on the map and, and now they finally showing you some love, man. That's cool. I'm going to I'm gonna have to see if I can get a stream or something like that. Yeah, yeah, we'll see what we can do about that. And uh, I will be, I still will be back in Kansas City. I'm not leaving Kansas City until Monday. So I'm coming back on Sunday. So hopefully we can catch up. On Sunday, if you got some time, you're not allowed to come into KC after your tweet about Janelle Monet. We saw that. Oh wow, you're gonna bring that up on the pod, really? We saw that. How did you not know? 
Yeah. How are you a kid from Kansas City who doesn't know the famous people from Kansas City? Here's the thing. I do remember seeing her tweet about the Chiefs during like the Super Bowl, but I didn't put two and two together at the time for some reason. I don't know, bro. I just it's just one of the ones that just slipped through my mind. It just slipped through the cracks, man. It just somehow slipped through the cracks. Mark Gunnel doesn't know his history. She rep AC openly though. I feel like she doesn't like really put it out there that I'm a Kansas City girl. Like she doesn't really do. She does. She doesn't. She doesn't even really. There's been times when people are like looking for notable alumni. Like I, I know this conversation was happening around the draft. Like outside of Tech Nine, who from KC could like he could like put KC on the map? Janelle, she wouldn't even have it. Didn't didn't even want her name in the ring. Yeah, but I know now, so that's all that matters. This is why you should be rocking with us on video. We love making y'all part of the show. 816-514-1267 is our voicemail line. We love giving y'all comments, criticisms, concerns, feedback on the Chiefs and how they try and defend their Super Bowl title. we got a couple people rocking with us already on YouTube. Uh, Chiefs Kingdom's chiming in. And I got the gear on, man. You see this shirt? You see this? That's hard. Okay. Fresh Prince, Fresh Prince of Hilaire, baby. You already, you already know. I had, okay. to, I had to rep my boy who's looking uh, in good form. For OTAs, we'll talk a little OTAs later in the show as well as, oh, another DeAndre Hopkins update because, Lord have mercy, we can't go one podcast without mentioning his name. We'll talk D-Hop. We'll talk Frank Clark. We'll also talk MVP odds with Mark Gunnels, who goes down to Vegas as he does every episode. And then we'll possibly preview a little matchup on the diamond. MVS having his uh his celebrity softball game that features some, some heavy hitters on both sides of the Chiefs offense and defense. We'll, we'll tell you who we got. A little bit later, but let's start with our Chiefs recap uh, on a somber note. Mahomes avoids. He's a magician. Chiefs recap. So obviously the Chiefs went to the White House, but with heavy hearts this this time around, uh, Norma Hunt, often called the matriarch of, of American football, obviously the Chiefs. Uh, foundation or the chiefs organization and what she's meant to Kansas city. I want to just read what the chiefs tweeted out and we'll, and we'll give our thoughts after that. Um, this from at chiefs, Norma Hunt was a pioneer within the sport of football, but most importantly, she was a generous, positive and passionate woman dedicated to her family and her sports teams. They all love the chiefs organization is deeply saddened by the passing of Norma Hunt. Our thoughts and prayers are with the entire hunt family. Um, just, it's been really cool to see the outpouring of love and support. Um, obviously somebody that when you think of chiefs, obviously people think of what's happening on the field and Mahomes and Kelsey and that kind of thing. But behind the scenes, um, the hunts fan, the hunts are often talked about as some of the better owners in sports and Norma hunt, a big reason why. And I just thought it was interesting to see the first chiefs visit ever to the white house coinciding with this. And it was cool to kind of see the city kind of wrap their hands around the chiefs and, and show that love back. Yeah, 100%. I mean, obviously, you're talking about the Hunts family uh, with the Chiefs, not only the Chiefs, but just the entire NFL going all the way back to the AFL-NFL merger, right, with Lamar Hunt. Uh, so very, very integral part of NFL history. A lot of things aren't how they are today without her and the Hunt family. So obviously a big loss for the Chiefs organization. Um, tough, tough time to say the least. And it's crazy because – Good thing is she she got to see the Chiefs make it to the mountaintop twice again, right? Obviously back in 2019 and then this past season. And, you know, for a woman up there in her age, she looked great still, you know? Yeah. <laughs> she lived a very, very beautiful life, man. So I'm definitely giving my thoughts and prayers to the Hunt family. And, um, yeah, it, you know, we, we all know that Clark – is going to keep it going for the Hunt family and keeping their his father and his mother's name um, a very well alive for sure. Yeah, it was some cool notes coming out just kind of in remembrance. Uh, I think it was Matt Derrick who pointed this out. So forgive me if I get it right or get it wrong, but basically saying that, you know, Clark Hunt was the first person to quote unquote touch the Lombardi trophy each one of those times the Chiefs got it, but he immediately passed it off uh, to, to Norma Hunt and um, she kind of had that full embrace and getting the Lamar Hunt trophy, obviously, for the AFC title is cool. Um, and then the Lombardi trophy as well. Cole's chiming in on YouTube with us. Appreciate y'all rocking with us on YouTube. Cole says she's the only woman to attend 
all 57 Super Bowls. It's another fun fact that we had kind of been seeing in the, I mean, it's crazy. I couldn't even imagine seeing the growth of the game, the growth of the sport, the growth of her own franchise, as we talked about. Um, Just uh, obviously heavy hearts around Chiefs Kingdom and and we join them in sending our condolences to the Hunt family and um, just love and support sending that their way. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, man. They uh, they did go to the White House, which was interesting. The first Chiefs team to go to the White House, even though they won three Super Bowls before. This is the first Chiefs team to go there. This is their third Super Bowl win. This is the first time. Wonder, when, did, when did this start? Because they didn't go back in the day in the 60s. I wonder when did this become a thing? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, maybe Serta can get on that and get back to us, but it was cool to see the, and I talked about this with, I'll plug it again, Jody Fortson, we'll have that full interview tonight on KSHB, but just, it was cool to see the whole team back together again. Guys who maybe retired in Chad Henney's case, guys who have gone on to other teams in Colin Saunders and McCole Hardman, Frank Clark and Carlos Dunlap, guys who maybe are still trying to figure out uh, what's going on as far as next year is concerned. It was just cool to see them all under one roof um, and, and and enjoying in the the victors, right? Like they're getting the full victory lap, if you will, Mark. Yeah. And one name you didn't mention who was probably one of the top stars there that was a former chief is Juju Smith-Schuster. Juju was there. Yeah, he did a little TikTok. We saw it. Yeah. <laughs> they were going crazy. I mean, if he was following his story, he was – he probably had the longest story out of all of them. I was kind of snooping around his story. You know, when it's really long and the story gets really small at the top, that was Juju's story on Instagram. <laughs> little grains of rice going across, like real. Yeah. It's one of those you just keep tapping it, like, okay, let's get through this real quick. But uh, yeah, no, it was really good to see the guys back together, man. You know, obviously, uh, the guys that aren't on the team right now, good moments for them because they did endure that that run with the team, whether fans want to believe it or not. And like, why are you here? You're not a sheep anymore. Well, they were still on that team. They were a big, they were a big part of why they won the Super Bowl. So, yes, they can get away from their OTAs or whatever with the Patriots and the Jets from McCole Hardman for a day. So I'm fine with that. Orlando Brown was not there, though. <laughs> I don't know if you saw him, him got interviewed uh, in the locker room about it. He was kind of talking about how, you know, I just want to oh, another day to be to get great and to be to get better and stuff like that. So I don't know. I think there's a little animosity there, but I'm not going to speak too much on it. But uh, yeah, overall, really good to see. The guys. No, speak on. No, 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 no. Oh, don't worry about that, that because there's a couple. Na- there's a couple names that weren't there. This isn't. This isn't oh, on the show sheet, but I think this is good okay. talk here. You, you mentioned Orlando Brown, and word to my shirt, I don't think Clyde Edwards-Alaire was in attendance for the Chiefs' visit to the White House. And I want to clean up the housekeeping from earlier. 1980 was the first year a team went to the White House, an NFL team, according to Steven Serter. The Chiefs' first Super Bowl win came in 1970. Uh, Jim in the comments says it all started with Richard Nixon. So that's the housekeeping behind that. We're talking now about some Chiefs that maybe weren't there. Do you read into, I mean, Orlando Brown, he's a Bengal, so I kind of get it. Like maybe not hobnobbing with the rival team, but for Clyde, I noticed Juan Thornhill wasn't there as well. Is it scheduling? Are we re- are we reading into guys not being there? So here's the thing. With Juan, I give him a pass because he made a tweet about it kind of explained himself and he was at the parade to my knowledge right he was at the parade we talked at the parade yes this is why for ch it's a thing he didn't go to the parade and now the the white house so it's the combination of them both if he would have went to the parade and then not the white house it wouldn't be a story it's the fact that he wasn't at either and I remember. About so what does that tell? What does that tell you, Mister Prognosticator, Mister Mister Twitter Streets, Mister? If if you're reading the crystal ball that says, okay, he didn't show up at the parade, didn't show up at the White House. We know that there's been smoke around Ch, and we'll talk a little bit about it later with his new coach. He has a new position coach uh, that talked about his usage and how he's looked in OTAs. But for him not to be at the White House and the parade, what does that tell you, Mark Gunnels? It's either one or two things. And I think the second thing is more likely, but I'll say the first one here right now. I think the first thing is maybe, maybe he feels like he has like this personal thing with him where 
he knows he wasn't a part of that Super Bowl run. So in his mind and him being who he is, maybe as a person, he feels like he doesn't deserve to reap the benefits of that because he didn't play a part on the field. So maybe that's just a personal thing within himself, not nothing against the team or anything like that. And then maybe the second thing is maybe he's still a trade candidate. Maybe he's still a trade candidate. I've seen his name on a few lists. I've seen I've seen the list going around. Out the room of possibility. I, I, I mean, you you brought back McKinnon. You have a couple of running backs that they may like uh, bring off, off the practice squad. We already know Pacheco. Maybe that's still a possibility, and there he knows it. And you know he did show up to mini camp and OTAs, looking in great shape and things like that. But that could also be an audition for another team to say that he's not going to be just this pouty guy. And not in OTAs? Him. You're auditioning in OTAs already? I mean, but I'm just saying, just from the narrative standpoint, it would look bad if he didn't show up to that as well. Like, at least he's showing up for the actual football things. The like, But these are not even mandatory. So why would you show up to voluntary work, what, what, what equivalents to voluntary workouts, and then skip? To make you yourself look good. <sighs> The CEH thing is starting to turn into a conundrum for me, and and I won't even I won't even talk specifically to the football part. I want to talk about specifically skipping the parade and the White House for CEH. I don't care what your mental tells you about if you contributed or if you felt like you you were inactive for the game, whatever. 20, 30 years down the road, you're gonna kick yourself. It, like mentally, I know you're probably in a bad place right now. A lot of speculation. You feel like you should have been active. They didn't activate you. There's tension there that's kind of palpable. We haven't had an opportunity to talk to them yet. These are once in a lifetime opportunities, Mark. And you worked your whole life, played on one of the best college football teams of all time. Like you can't take these opportunities for granted. Some of these guys never get to take a chance to, to, to get a, a parade down their, their street. Some teams never get a chance to go visit the White House. We yeah. talked on this platform before about was the chief kicker going to show up because of his uh, potential? Did we talk about that on here? No, not on here. Not on here. I was I wondered out loud. I'll bring it on, Mike. I wondered out loud if Butker would make the trip because of how outwardly and outspoken he's been uh, about his views in the past. But he he even went, and to me that shows you the just. And Nick Bolton kind of spoke about this in the past. I know we're kind of going along on the White House stuff, but I think this is cool. And this is the middle of the summer. Um, I, I think it shows you Nick Bolton kind of talked about, you know, white, black, Republican, Democrat. Andy Reid kind of talked about this. Like these are once in a lifetime things that when you win the Super Bowl and when you get to experience this thing, when you get to the top of all football professional, when you get to the top of the top, the height of all heights. Yeah. Take it in and enjoy the flowers for a little bit. So that, that would just be my advice to CEH. I know you hurt, man. Uh, ultimately, that's what this comes down to. I know there's some hurt feelings here, but man, just just go, just just go and and, and have the experience. So you're telling me there wasn't no fashion show in New York this time around? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying. I mean, he missed the parade because there was a fashion show. So I want to make sure was there another fashion show somewhere like in London or something or L.A. I, I didn't know. I don't know. I didn't see any tweets this time about no fashion show, though. So I guess it wasn't. Does he get traded before week one? <laughs> and y'all chime in before Mark answers. I want to hear what y'all have to say as well. The question is, we're talking Clyde Edwards Lair and how it relates to the White House. We're still speculating that he could potentially be trade bait. I'm saying no. I want to hear what you all have to say in the comments uh, before Mark Gunnels goes. I'm a lean no, but I think it's I think it's a it's a tough no. I got if I had to give you a percentage, like I think it's like 55% no, 45% yes. And that's a way higher percentage no. I mean, yeah, that's a way higher percentage no than I would have had beforehand. Like I I I don't know, man. It, it's kind of weird. It is kind of weird. If you're I, I trading for CH at this point, what are you getting? One year? You're getting a one year rental, basically, with with no promises that he's going to resign with you in the offseason. What, what if there's like a you know a training camp or preseason injury to somebody's RB one or RB two, and they're a team that maybe feels like they're in contention and they kind of need that extra, like they're in win now mode. Like let's say like the I don't know the Bills or somebody like that, right? 
somebody that's a, a one, maybe a player away or they're right on the cusp of competing for a championship and their guy goes down before the season goes, something like that. It, it'll have but to be, does CEH uh, get you over the hump, dog? Be honest. I mean, not over the hump, but just to, like, stabilize your running back room if you have an injury. I should say that, to stabilize it. I don't think people understand that with no Pacheco right now, CEH is getting the RB1 looks. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, McKinnon's not in. He's not going to show up until St. Joe, respectfully so. He's a veteran. He is the playbook. You have full faith and confidence that when he shows up, he'll be ready to go. Um, but right now, when we go out to OTAs tomorrow, Clyde is the RB1. Yeah. So are you trading? Are you trading a guy? Obviously, we can have this conversation and we will continue to have this conversation through camp. He is the most interesting chief headed into 2023, bar none. Clyde Edwards Alaire. I think his story, I think the the absences and now this this White House trip, it just add, it, it adds more fuel to the fire. I think he's the most interesting chief. Also interesting, what was Travis Kelsey going to say at the podium? Let, 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 let's run this video. Let's run this video real quick if we have it. I've been waiting for this. <laughs> that man is ready for WWE. He 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 already has SNL down. WWE is next. So speaking of WWE, I have an interesting take here. I haven't heard nobody say about this situation. Okay, let's hear I it. This, I think this was scripted. Duh. Yeah, I haven't seen nobody say it though. So don't say duh. I haven't seen nobody come out on Twitter and actually say that Mahomes and Kelsey had this planned. People really think that Kelsey's going to say something. No, he was not. Kelsey and Mahomes talked before this happened. He said, hey, bro, I'm about to go to the mic and act like I'm going to talk. Just come and grab me. And Mahomes like, okay, yeah, I got you. Like, this was scripted, bro. Like, I, I can't believe people really think that this was real. Like, he was really going to go up there and just talk and spew some nonsense. I, yeah, they had this plan, bro. It, was, it went too smoothly. If you look at Mahomes, he kind of was looking to the side like, okay, I'm waiting for him to say a couple words. Then I'm going to come pull you. Like, they had this planned out, but I'm not fooled. This has been dissected more than the Zapruder film here in, <laughs> in the kingdom. Like, people well, were see, really convinced. You're with me on this. I'm with you because these are master showmen. Like, Travis Kelsey at this point now in his career, like, he's done the SNL. He's done, like, big performances. He's done stage shows for the New Heights podcast. Like, he has a true TV background, not background, but, like, he knows he knows how to play to the cameras. You don't think that if Mahomes and Kelsey knew if they got to the White House one day that they were going to do something funny, they were going to lean into the bro humor. They're going to sell T-shirts based off of this. They're going to create another. There's there's money in going viral. There's money in having your name always in the headlines. There's money in having these little clips right here. I thought it was a cool, fun moment. Chiefs fans, I'm going to say it. Don't take it for granted. Your team going to the White House is a privilege. Your team having personalities is a privilege. Don't take it for granted. Because I know people like Mark Gunnels will get on here and say, oh, we'll be, the, we'll be down by the next president. You know, we'll, we'll see Biden again, potentially. You know, <laughs> we'll, we'll be, don't take it for granted. Because, it, look, man, they've won three now. And this is still the first trip. You never know. Uh, like, this doesn't happen. We've seen teams like, for instance, UGA. Most recently, they won the national championship in college football. Scheduling didn't work out and it didn't happen. The Chiefs made it happen. A lot of the guys were there. They looked happy. Um, I wish I was on this trip, man. I was going to say, I was surprised you didn't make the trip. 41 didn't send you out. No, 41 did not send me out. We having to make some business decisions, man. It's a lot of, it's a lot of travel. I don't know if you heard, but the Chiefs are playing in Germany this year. Are you making that trip? I don't know. Somebody from our station is making that trip. I don't know oh, if they okay. should trust me over there with the later hosing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, and you know why? I just realized it just came to my head. You know why Aaron always says, don't take it for granted, Chiefs fans? It's because 28 to 3 happened to him. We were doing so well. <laughs> we were having just, a good we were having a hit me. Like, That's why he always says that, because he tasted it. He tasted it for three and a half quarters. But I, I saw it. Julio. I saw Julio. He had a 44 Obama jersey in his head. It was, it was ready to go. <laughs> 
visually, I saw it. Like, Julio oh, was shining. Man. Matt was looking crispy. And then. Oh, yeah. man. Quavo and them probably would have made the trip. Oh, man. Uh, appreciate y'all rocking with us in the comments section. Zebra one, I believe this is, says everyone knew it was scripted by Biden. Also, you can't you can't make like rash moves around the president. You know what I mean? That's another part of this. Like yeah. with all the secret service and all that, like, of course it was scripted. You can't just make like sudden movement <laughs> in the White House. <laughs> Oh, man. But no, it was good to see the guys have fun, man. I really like you mentioned earlier. I like we talked about it was really cool to see the non Chiefs players that are on new teams now still show up, man. You could tell McColl had a good time. He was clean too. his suit was really clean. I was like, okay, I see you, McColl with the uh, cream white. Okay, okay, I see you. But yeah, make another trip to the White House. You said what? Will McColl Hardman ever make another trip to the White House? Uh, Probably not. That's probably the right. That's probably not. Probably not. <laughs> he yeah, got a so Hall of Fame quarterback. He got a Hall of Fame quarterback, though. I mean, he's only gonna be there one or two years, so they gotta win now. <laughs> we having some fun on this episode. Not too much happening. We'll get to football a little bit later. The the fun stuff oh, dominated oh, the oh, Chiefs. Oh, football on the show? Barely. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> Barely. <laughs> Let's stick with baseball. Let, let, let's go baseball. Mahomes is behind the back throw. Did you did you see him at Big Slick Weekend? Which all, of course, great work here. If you're not familiar, Big Slick Weekend. Jason Sudeikis, um, I believe, what's that girl's name? Heidi Gardner, um, and a lot of them were doing. They were the host this year. All the proceeds go to Children's Mercy softball games. Part of it. They have a party as part of it. Celebrities, a lot of KC based. Um, People come and it, it, it's a really fun event. Mahomes shined in the celebrity softball game, of course, which is not even fair, man. This dude was drafted in MLB. Like, yeah. like you got the lower, the bases are closer, like not really a lot of athletes on the field. He hits a home run and then Eric Stone Street running up the line on first. <laughs> it's like Mahomes goes behind the back to get him. I, I want your thoughts on that, and then potentially, do you think you, Mahomes would ever throw a behind-the-back pass in an NFL game? Uh, so about the baseball one, I mean, that was really pretty impressive. I mean, he was down the wrist. third baseline, just really routine, made it really look super easy. Uh, Mahomes is just a great athlete. I mean, not only the baseball thing, he, he was pretty good in high school basketball as well. Uh, not pro level good, but he probably could have played college ball somewhere. Uh, he's just a all good all around athlete. It's kind of like at this point, what can't Mahomes do, right? Like that. That's that what sounds like doing. a Mark Gunnels tweet. That that sounds what, like something that you would tweet. Well, what can't this guy do, man? I mean, the guy puts ketchup on a steak for crying out loud. But uh, as far as football, the question is, will Andy Reid let him do that? I think 100% Mahomes wants to do it. He even said uh, on Twitter, he said football, football field next when he was. I saw that his baseball throw. So did Andy Reid give him the green light? And and what will it take for them to pull that out? Like it has to be like a blowout situation of fourth quarter, right? You're not gonna Does do it though? Because that snow the snow globe play, and I think you hit on a good point here with Andy Reid, like. You have to run everything through Big Red. He has 51% say. He has opened up his playbook a little bit more. But generally, when the, the players cook stuff up, they present it to Big Red first. But the Snow Globe play and the Don Terry Poe play, I start to think that maybe Big Red would be open to hearing ideas. I don't think it would happen in a regular season game, but you're telling me in preseason Mahomes won't, won't flick one? The, as much as they do the shovel pass, too? Oh, see, I thought we were just talking regular season. Okay. Yeah, like, I don't care about – yeah, if he doesn't preseason, like, who cares? I'm. It would really make headlines if you do it in a real game that matters. That's what I want to see. Will that happen? And I'm I'm leaning no. I, I don't think so. I mean, it will have to be very conservative. Like, it would have to be one of those passes where it's behind the line of scrimmage. Like, he's not doing a behind-the-back pass forward. Like, that's not happening. It would be like somebody like Sky Moore coming behind him on a, you know, in motion on a jet sweep or something. He just tosses it behind his back. I like that. 
I like that. It's very low risk. Yeah. If it if it goes forward a little bit, just enough to be incomplete, but you know, it, it's you're not putting it in a harm's way. I I had a very serious conversation about this recently, like too serious, because I I was like, I'm like you, I'm like this this is silly. These guys are world champions. The, the sport is so fine tuned, and like it's all about winning in the margins, and you don't want to like give the opponent any sort of extra fuel because that snow globe play it fired up so it fired up some folks best believe if Mahomes went behind the back there would be just as many people mad about it uh as would be enjoying it I don't know man I, I I'm willing to say it's a non-zero percent chance that Mahomes he gives us a little bit of if it's not behind the back because what was the Clyde one the Clyde one was like he spun and then kind of like flicked it a little bit yeah, but that wasn't a set play. He did that was admirable. <laughs> and then the Jerick, the Jerick one was like, was it left-handed or did he like underhand the, no, the one in like Denver? Right hand sh- shovel pass. So that's why I'm like in, in my head, I envision him like eluding a defender. And then the bet the only way I can really get this off is like ah. so yeah, not like a set play, him just exactly. Yeah. Yeah, okay, like off script. Okay, yeah. Because he's yeah. the backyard QB, right? That he he's the one. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. More Chiefs action happening on the diamond Friday, Legends Field here in uh, Kansas City. Marquez Valdez Scantling hosting a celebrity softball game, and it's got. I mean, I don't know if there's anybody on the Chiefs that's not on this. I, I, I put down the names here, but it's pretty much everybody on the roster: Sneed, Rice, Bolton, Mahomes. Your boy CEH is coming. He's going to be there. Oh, he, he, he couldn't yeah. make it to the White House or the parade, but oh, wow. he'll be at Legends Field. Trip McDuffie, Richie James, Shamari Connor, Jawan Taylor, Justin Reed, Jody Fortson, Darian Kennard, Lamar Jackson will be there. The Chiefs, Lamar Jackson, Isaiah Pacheco, Noah Gray, Shane Buchel, just to name a few. The, the, the theme of this is offense versus defense. I named some of the guys there, but there's some other names on here. Mark, who you got? Offense or defense here in a celebrity softball game? I mean, how can you not go offense? And Mahomes is playing, right? He is confirmed. Patrick Mahomes is locked in. Well, yeah, you definitely got to pick the team that Mahomes is on. How can you not? He's going to be the best baseball player out there on the field. So, yeah, uh, yeah, I think that's the easy choice. Easy choice. I'm glad you went offense because I'm going to go defense. And here's my, here's my reasoning behind it. Obviously offense is top heavy. They got a guy who was drafted and can throw the ball behind his back 40 yards down the field. Like we get it. Mahomes is great. I think there might be more athleticism on the defensive side of the ball. Those offensive linemen. Yes, they're yes, they can move. Yes, they but on a diamond, does that feel does that skill set really translate over? Like if you're giving me an offensive lineman versus a defensive lineman in a celebrity softball game, I'm taking the D lineman because you gotta bend the edge, you gotta you gotta bull run. Like you your skill set, I think you're a little bit more athletic than just kind of an old lineman. I hope none of them are watching this currently or are gonna play this back. But I'm going defense. It's cool to see MVS doing this. He's done this in the past in Green Bay. This is the first iteration of it here in Kansas City. He's a guy that has been kind of prickly with the media at times, so it's cool to see him um, kind of open up and, and host this kind of event. And, and it goes back to the victory lap thing like we talked about earlier. If you're a Chiefs fan that was kind of robbed of that Super Bowl victory lap in 2019 due to COVID, you're getting it now in full force. These guys are out. These guys are active. Uh, and this is an opportunity to see them here in KC. Yeah, for sure. But here's my other pushback on why I have offense. And now I know it's different because you have gloves involved here, but they, defensive guys, they can't catch. So I, I do think there's something to that where it translates to the diamond as well. Those guys can't catch, man. So I can see a lot of errors out there in the outfield, guys dropping fly balls and line drives and, uh, grounders going between their legs, like they're just not built to, to to catch the ball in any capacity. So that's my other pushback on why I like the offense to win this game. And will forty one be covering this event? 
I will be there Friday. If y'all are out there, say what's up to me. I'll be there. Mackenzie Nelson will be there. And I know in years past, the Chiefs have had, like, I remember specifically my first year in KC going to Chris Jones's basketball thing, or was it Tyreek's basketball thing? Um, I wonder if Veach is like, you know, let's let's do soft, but let's do something a little <laughs> like I appreciate y'all coming together. I appreciate the camaraderie. I appreciate all that. Let's yeah. just dial it down just a touch. And I think yeah. I think softball is a good medium because you hit. You run and and nobody has to take it too seriously. I don't take it too seriously, please. I know these guys light, are competitionaholics, but please. Light jog, light jogs around the bases. We're going 50%. We're going, <laughs> we're going 50%. That's the thing about Mahomes and the big slick. That man was booking it around the bases. <laughs> hey, he, he calmed down when he got to about third. I was like, okay, Mahomes. <laughs> like, he rounded second pretty hard. Like, <laughs> and there was a girl on second base. I know a lot of Chiefs fans were like not very happy that she was in the she was in the base pass when he was coming around. Yo, that's the craziest thing about Chiefs Kingdom. Like, if you even like perceive to have thrown or gotten in the way of Mahomes, like you become public enemy number one. Like, it's it's almost immediate. Yeah, yeah. You better watch what questions you ask him in media days. <laughs> we back on good terms. We good. We back. We, we good. You guys are good. good. <laughs> Rolling right along here on Chiefs Coast to Coast, episode forty-seven. We getting closer to fifty, man. This is time flies when you haven't. We're going to do something big for fifty. Um, let's let's talk a little football here. We got a couple sound bites. Uh, the Chiefs will talk, and we record these shows on Wednesdays. We'd love to have y'all part of our, our our live audience on Wednesdays. But when this posts on Thursday, the Chiefs will be at the podium. We're talking about podium sound from the previous um, availability, and the Chiefs made their coordinators available. Uh, one of our early looks at Matt Nagy back in the fold as OC. Obviously, he's been in that position before, still getting reacclimated to how things have changed since he left. Um, the question was about the wide receiver room. Of course, obviously, DeAndre Hopkins still out there. Um, but Matt Nagy, the Chiefs offensive coordinator, was asked how he feels the Chiefs wide receiver room looks. The quote was, the quote from Matt Nagy was basically like, I like how our wide receiver room sits. Currently, we have a bunch of guys who compete. Um, they don't really he, he says that the fun thing about having a group of guys who are young and and, and really trying to find their way in the league is that. Um, there, there's always a different learning experience. They can always hone in on something different each time around. Um, and that's what the that's what the group looks like right now. Outside of MBS, who you're penciling in, outside of uh, Kadarius Tony, who's done it, and I put that in quotation marks, um, a lot of guys who are still figuring out how to win in the league, man. And, and I don't think that the D-hop thing is happening, so wrap your arms around this current wide receiver room as it looks. Yeah, I agree. It's unlikely D-Hop um, comes to Kansas City. I don't know if you saw today, he actually is scheduled a visit with the Tennessee Titans for this Sunday. So that would be a clear indication that he's not trying to win. And he's <laughs> going for the bag if he signs with Tennessee because they're they're not winning anything right now. But um, as far really? as why, you don't think you don't think that makes sense. What to com- to com- contend? That division is terrible, Mark. The Jags are clearly the best team in that division. I don't, I don't think it's even close. I saw Tennessee and I'm like, I... did people really think he was going to take the homie discount? You really thought I mean, DeAndre Hopkins was taking the, the yo, do this for the look deal? Well, I think oh, the OBJ deal ruined that. Pretty much. Because you look at OBJ like, well, I'm only like a year older than you and I'm definitely better than you at this point in my career. And you came off of two ACLs. You haven't played in a year. And you got, what, 15 guaranteed? So I think that was kind of similar to how, you know, when guys, when guys that are better than somebody else and they get that type of money, it kind of changes their whole mentality. He's like, oh, you got that? Okay, well, I'm not taking anything less at this point. So I, I think that kind of ruined the the D Hop the Kansas City dream, but as far as the wide receiver room goes, yeah, obviously there's a lot of unproven guys, but I, I do think there is potential for this room to be better than it was last year. I think you have a higher upside. Uh, last year you knew who Juju was; he was very productive for the Chiefs, but you knew what you were getting heading into that. He he pretty much you know you know where where his ceiling is at this point. I believe 
in his career. You know, but with Sky Moore, we don't know. We don't know. Now, you've seen a small sample size, like the L.A. game out here last year that me and you were both at, where all the receivers were down. He caught six catches for about 70 yards in that game when he was called upon. So I think when you get a higher volume of him, I could see him being a breakout guy in year two because we know how year one rookies are in Andy Reid's system. So I think he's a good candidate to break out in year two. You know what you're going to get from MBS, solid veteran receiver, six, 700 yards, a few touchdowns here and there. That's stable. You know what you're getting there. Kadarius Toney, another wild card, but the potential, the upside is there. You see the skill set. The only question with him is, as we always say, can he stay healthy? Can you get at least 12 to 13 games out of this guy? That would be a win, in my opinion. Rasheed Rice, I think he's going to be a, a typical rookie in Andy Reid's system. You know, here and there, you'll see him out there, but I don't think his snap count would be that high unless we get an injury or two above him. And then Justin Watson, just a solid wide receiver, four or five. He's going to be a good guy on special teams. I would put him back there as punt return because, like we always say, I just need somebody just to catch the ball. I don't even care. Like, you're not going to put Tony back there. Maybe on special occasions, you put him back he's there. A, he's, yeah, he's a change yeah. of pace guy. Yeah, if you want a little juice and the game's not kind of going the way you want, you know, need to change momentum, then, yeah, put him back there. But he's not going to be your every every day punt return guy. Justin Watson will catch the ball, give it to Pat Mahomes. But I'm, I'm pretty high on this room's upside. You know, I, I really – I'm super high on Sky Moore. You know, I've been a big Sky Moore – uh pounder of the table and i really think he's going to be a breakout guy in year two which will i think stabilize his wide receiver room and then also it, it helps when you have T travis kelsey as your tight end because we got to include him when we count this because he's not your typical tight end he's basically a receiver as well did you mention any of the rosses no because i'm not sure they're gonna make the team and do you have six or five currently right now i have five i I mean, they may go six because they're not going to have the fullback, right? Yeah. And you get the third quarterback doesn't count against your roster either. The third quarterback doesn't count on your roster count, I believe. I think that that's like a game day. I think that's like a game day thing. Oh, okay, okay. But uh, even, yeah, without the fullback, I mean, maybe they do go six. But like I said before, they have to really love that six guy. Like if it's John Ross or Justin Ross, they have to really love them. They're not just going to have Richie six. James, dog. You ain't said his name yet. Well, you brought the Rosses up, so you kind of threw me off there. But, yeah. Okay, so let's play the game right here. So we know the five. We got the five already. So out of those three, Richie James and the two Rosses, who's most likely if they were to carry six? I think I think it's Richie James because he's gonna, he can play special teams as well. He can he, he has experience doing punt returns also. And yeah. he's a guy, you know, you can run out there and you know just do some spot duty things as well. So and and then I think even I know people love Justin Ross. I know we saw the video last week, it went viral. Every NFL page Peter Schrager, dog. Why Pete Schrager? Why? Top five breakout receivers. I couldn't believe. I was like, no. That was You're a Mark so Gunnels. That was a Mark You're Gunnels tweet. I wouldn't <laughs> even do that. I'm not even doing that. He said I was kid up for failure, man. And I really hate it because I really I'm rooting for the guy. I mean, how can you not root for his story? Like, it's a great story. But I'm just trying to be realistic because when you get down to your wide receiver five and six, that guy has to play some special teams. Justin Ross is not built to play special teams. He is a wide receiver. He is not a special teams guy. He doesn't bring that element to his game. And why would you even want to risk him with his injury history on special teams, which is most one of the most violent plays, right? So I don't know, man. I know they kept him around for a reason. They had, they've been keeping him in the stash, but it's just hard for me to imagine him making this final roster. Yeah, I think this is an old school camp battle right here. Um, I do think they keep six. And I think it comes down to John Ross and Richie James. Those would be my two leaders in the clubhouse right now for those that sixth spot. Pete has talked about this OG editor in chief of Arrowhead Pride, Pete Sweeney. 
Um, John Ross has kind of fit that build of what they like to do offensively. A shifty guy can run a lot of the intermediate routes. Andy Reid's offense, and you should take a shot every time I say this on this podcast, but Andy Reid's offense is predicated on getting your playmakers in space. That's why Kadarius Tony fares so well, and that's why a guy like John Ross will fare so well in this offense is because all he needs is a little bit of separation. His athleticism allows him to make plays, and I think that that's what Kansas City saw and why they signed him. Um, but who knows what happens once you get down to St. Joe? Um, there's a lot of time before then. Uh, Gary Holland's chiming in on YouTube now and says Justin Ross will make the team. Mark and I have both disagreed, but who knows? Like you said, they kept him in the stash for a reason. I think they all go down to St. Joe with the same expectation, and the 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 best man wins for for lack of a better term. Um, the Chiefs wide receiver room is something we'll have to keep an eye on for. A very long time to come. Let me let me read the D Hop tweet since we're talking wide out real quick. Did you have anything? What about Cornell Powell? Okay, so the tweet is from Tom Pelissero. It says the Titans are the only team in talks with DeAndre Hopkins. Or excuse me, the Titans aren't the only team in talks with DeAndre Hopkins. But the visit shows that there's mutual interest in Tennessee. Uh, D Hop and Mike Vrabel were together in Houston. Now Vrabel's team got the first visit with Hopkins, and he's a five-time Pro Bowler released by the Cardinals. Um, I, I, I don't think it happens. I don't think anything's changed since the last time we recorded price is just too high. Chiefs did their due diligence, but ultimately I think he goes to a team that could pay him closer to that 13, 14. I mean, heck if the Chiefs had the money to get a Deandre Hawkins, just bring Juju back for 11. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how, Ch- I don't know how Chiefs fans make that leap. It's like they go, it's like, oh, well, Juju, we wish you the best of luck. But it's like, why is it a word to Margonos? Why isn't D-Hop a chief yet? I'm like, I cannot believe you sent that tweet out, man. I was trolling. I was trolling. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you do on Twitter. Just a little playful troll, man. That's all. <laughs> so is he a chief? Yes or no? Is it going to happen? No, no. <laughs> I mean, I'm, Yo, I'm, still, were... I'm, push, I'm still pushing the agenda until it ha- until he signs somewhere, though. But no, my, my, my no, 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 he's not. Is somebody Probably. from the Chiefs organization like paying you just to be a, a Twitter troll? If if they were, I wouldn't tell you. This was your topic right before we go to Vegas because we're going to Vegas in a second here with Mark. He's going to talk MVP odds as they currently stand. Um, yeah, let's get some future odds. Let's go. <laughs> we'll do that in a second. But first, you mentioned Frank Clark. You said you heard some rumblings. What, what, what are those rumblings? Okay, yeah. So uh, inside source, I'm not going to reveal it. But I have heard somebody that knows Frank Clark's siblings in the city, knows his relatives. And they told them, according to this person, that that hit me up and I, they, they're journalists. They, this is LA. This is cause Frank Clark is LA, right? Is this LA or KC? You know, you got dual residencies. Kansas city. This is Kansas city. Okay. Okay. Kansas city up and coming journalist. DM me some stuff. Not going to reveal his name or anything. And yeah, he's the sibling is saying that he believes that Frank Clark will come back to Kansas city. It's very likely. Uh, They, they said that the white house trip did move some momentum. There was a lot of, uh, recruiting going on as you could expect there <laughs> with, with all the boys back. So uh, I, I do think I trust this guy and I, I do think Frank Clark will come back on a one-year deal. There have been a lot of rumblings. In fact, when Jody and I just did our sit down a little less than an hour ago, he just brought Frank Clark's name out of the blue unprompted. We're talking about the white house and I'm like, Oh, what was it like to kind of see be around the guys? And he says, Oh, you know what? Really hope Frank comes back. Can't wait to see him in the fold. Hopefully, hopefully. Said it multiple times. There's that. There's been some rumblings on Twitter. Your fake sources, news, insider, whatever. I uh, I don't. I mean, it makes, it makes too much sense. Why, why wouldn't he? Does it, though? Because they have depth at that position. You can never have too many edge rushers. He's a rotational guy at this point in his career. You can you can have enough old edge rushers, though. Well, he'll be the only really old one, right? Because you got GK, you got FAU, 
I mean, who, who you got Charles Amenahu, they're all young. Who else is old on the DN? Is it DN? Am I missing somebody? If I gave you Dunlap or Clark, which would you take? Clark. I'm taking Clark. Are you there? You froze for a second. Yes, I'm there. I was hoping that you would expand on your point. Oh, no, you did like freeze though on my end though for a second. Oh. But no, I think it's Frank Clark because I mean, I'll be honest. I'm a Chiefs fan. So I do have this <laughs> breaking news. Breaking yeah, news. breaking news. Breaking. But no, I do have there is an emotional attachment. And you know that. You know that from covering the team and seeing Chiefs Kingdom. Like we do have this emotional attachment to Frank Clark. And you know, I, I know you're not supposed to just go based on that. And he still produces. Not act like he's not producing. He still does produce at a pretty good level for especially what you're going to be paying him in a one-year cheap deal. But, you know, the emotional part, he is a leader in that locker room. I do think he elevates others around him just because of his the aura of Frank Clark. And then we see guys like Chris Jones tweet every single day, bring Frank Clark back. Like, the fact that guys, and then Jody Forson bringing him up to you just unpromptly, the fact that guys gabernate and uh, rally around Frank Clark that much, I think it. I think that means something to the locker room, to the team's success. So even if he's not this high-level edge rusher guy, I think it goes beyond that for this team. I know we kind of going long here on Chiefs Coast to Coast and still got to get to Vegas before we get out of here. Uh, Frank Clark over the last 29 games, these are regular season games, nine and a half sacks. I obviously finished the playoffs on a little sack streak and started climbing up the postseason sack numbers there. I don't know. I think it's kind of a slippery slope, Mark. I, I don't think that Brett Veach in the front office should be in the, the business of handing out thank you for what you did for us deals or, um, you know, warm and fuzzy, you know, Kobe type deals. Um, like, I, I think, I think that there's better, cheaper, more effective options out there to just be quite honest. So you don't care about the locker room aspect at all? I think as long as you got 87 and 15 in your locker room, you're going to be all right. Okay. That's, that's what I would say about the locker room aspect. And Frank Clark spent all of last year pouring into GK so that he could potentially be ready for when Frank Clark is not there. And as the as the unit currently looks on paper, I would like to see another addition. I don't think it has to be 55. But if he comes back, let's go to Vegas, man. <laughs> Place your bets. Oh, there it is. There it is. Two touchdowns. Win by a leading Let's go to Vegas with Mark. Ah, uh, Mark is at home. Back in Vegas. Handing out more winners. These are future plays. So take that little $5 out the in between the sofa cushions or, you know, find them the change in the change drawer. Save it up. Because it'll pay big dividends towards the end of the NFL season. And Mark Donalds will tell you why. So let's start here. MVP odds. I saw it posted. I can't remember who did, but it's via DraftKings. Right now, Patrick Mahomes is the favorite to win MVP at plus 700. That is a terrible play. No value, really. He's not winning MVP this year. And this is why. He would have to throw for like 60 touchdowns <laughs> for him to win MVP this year. Last year, he had the narrative. I was on him last year with MVP because no Tyreek Hill. Oh, my gosh. What is they going to do? What are the Chiefs going to do? And then he wins MVP, wins Super Bowl MVP. So that is killed. He has no narrative this year, Aaron. What's, what's the angle for the underdog narrative for Mahomes this year to win MVP? There is none. <laughs> so That's true. Like I, yeah. For him to win it, it'll have to be something just out of this world. Like the Chiefs go 17-0 and 0 and he throws for 50-plus touchdowns. Like It'll have to be something like that. So I'm not playing that. I'm looking at something with really good value. And I actually have an official play. I think this is my first official play of the season, right? I'm writing it down. Can't wait to see when it's wrong. <laughs> at plus 1,600 to win MVP, I have Trevor Lawrence. And this is why. Year three, 
year two with Doug Peterson. He made the playoffs last year, came back from down 27 to nothing. I think you see another leap. There's, there's another leap for Trevor Lawrence to get to. This guy was the number one pick in the draft for a reason. Now you got your boy, Calvin Ridley, there with him in Jacksonville. <laughs> Talk about draft king, the draft king. <laughs> that was a good one. I like that. So you got Calvin Ridley there with Christian Kirk. I think that offense could be super explosive, Aaron. I really do. With Doug Peterson, you know, under the Andy Reid tree. And my biggest point is, look at their division. You got the Titans, the Colts, the Texans. They could sweep that division. And, you know, when you go, when you win MVP, you got to win the games. Look at their schedule. A lot of their tough games are at home. They play Kansas City at home. They got Buffalo at home. They got Baltimore at home. They got San Francisco at home. And then when you combine that with their with their division, this could be a 12 or 13 win team, Aaron. And then if he puts up the numbers, he has the narrative. He's the new guy. Year three. The media starts to put their arm around him now because it's all been about Burrow and Josh Allen kind of, you know, he was supposed to win MVP the last two years. Couldn't quite get there. They're looking for that new guy. Justin Herbert, you're not going to win your division. So it's kind of hard to win MVP if you're not going to win your division. So I think that's good value at plus 1600 for Trevor Lawrence. I really do. I like that play a lot. I like your, your thought process on the Mahomes pick as well. I didn't think he was the MVP through whatever it was, 15 weeks or 14 weeks before Jalen Hurts eventually got hurt last year. He's another guy that I like, but the value's not necessarily there. Trevor Lawrence is a name to watch. I like that play, Mark. We've marked it down. Mark in Vegas with his futures for MVP in 2023. Uh, taking your comments, questions, concerns as we get out of here, episode 47. I'm trying to understand this question from Cole. Cole on YouTube asks, who do you guys think throws Mahomes his first TD catch? Oh, okay. So Mahomes as getting a TD reception. Uh, Cole says we have a few former college quarterbacks on the roster. I think it could be Blake Bell. You know, this is this is funny. And I know I, – I hope I'm not spoiling any secrets. I hope the Chiefs are not listening to this. I've seen them practice a few times, like the double pass. You know, like when you have one guy sweep one way and one sweep the other way, and it's like kind of a wide receiver thing. McColl was in that, and like he he had a couple where I was like, oh, I can't wait for them to run this one. Um, if he was still on the team, I probably would have picked him. So I don't know. What do you think? Remember they tried it against your Falcons a couple years ago. That was terrible. Was yes, <laughs> and like Mahomes got mossed basically. Yeah. Who threw who was that? Throw that? I was gonna. I forgot. I can't remember. Certainly, who's gonna throw that? The Falcons yeah. should have won that damn game too. I can't believe you just brought that. Yeah, that up. was Chiefs. The Chiefs were like playing with fire that whole entire season. <laughs> I thought Raheem Morris was gonna be their head coach after that too. Oh yeah, yeah. But uh, I mean, the fun answer is Travis Kelsey, right? I mean, he did play some quarterback before. Mm. Uh, you know, that that would be cool. Like around the goal line, kind of set him up in maybe like the fullback area. You know, do a little toss, and then Mahomes just sneaks out. You know, because. The thing is, they do that. Uh, they have done stuff with him under center or like in shotgun with Travis Kelsey. So maybe just some iteration of that potentially. Uh, I remember when see. Colin Colin Saunders was here. He was lobbying hard. He would lobby every time he was given the chance to try and get in on the goal line package. And we've seen Andy Reid do it with big guys in the past. We mentioned Don Terry Poe earlier in the uh, in the show. Maybe it's a big guy. Maybe it's uh, Chris Jones gets. Maybe Chris Jones gets in in a goal line package and does a jump pass or something like that. I don't know. After that Falcons thing, I'm never putting Mahomes out for another route again. I do not want my franchise going out for a route and God knows what could happen potentially. I, yeah. I don't like that. I hope that play is, is, is gone. I'm 100% with you. <laughs> um, It looks like that's about it. We ran up a long episode. Serta says, Sammy threw the interception. Oh, <laughs> Sammy. Yeah, okay. The Chiefs like their wideouts to be, you know, eye candy, get a little timing, little space. Sammy, I don't, he didn't really have the strongest, the strongest arm. 
I had to pick one now, it'd probably be NVS. Mm. What you got well, planned this weekend? You. Well, I told you I'm gonna be in St. Louis, man. Oh, that's right. You you yeah. you, 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 you too big time for us. Well, I'm, I'll be in KC too. Maybe we can link up Sunday. I'll come back. Let's get it, man. Good episode. Um, it's this long, man. I didn't think we had enough material today. Come on, now you know we always got material, man. I I, I want to give y'all a scheduling update. I know y'all rock with us. We we'll back in two weeks. Today is the seventh. We we'll be back on the twenty first, and then for the fourth of July holiday, we will be doing our record on July sixth. Usually we we'll go on the fifth. I'll be out of town. We're pushing it to the sixth. We'll be back here in two weeks. Mark Gunnels is in L.A. Aaron Ladd is in KC. Steven Serta behind the board. Chiefs coast to coast. We out. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.